Uh, I want to introduce Matt Wright to you. He's one of our Timothys. Uh, he's at uh, uh, Ozark Christian College right now and is a freshman. And I'm glad to have him speak to us tonight and uh, uh, for the Lord to work through him. Would you welcome Matt Wright? Near the end of the Second World War, behind enemy lines in Nazi Germany, there were prison camps where American soldiers were kept. And in this one camp, um, they were particularly not well-fed. They were um, sick and discouraged, and I assume wondering if they would ever see their families again. And the Nazi guards watched them from behind the fences, um, seeing their slumped-over shoulders and their downcast faces scarcely speaking to one another. And suddenly, one morning, everything changed, it seemed. Um, they, were, they were still behind the fences. They were still underfed and very sick. Um, but the guards noticed that they were, they were happy. Um, they, were, they were smiling. They were talking with one another. They were gathering together in little huddles. And you could hear the faint, very faint murmur of song coming from their lips. And And the Nazi guards had absolutely no idea what was going on. And what had happened was a little transistor radio had been smuggled in. And the American um, soldiers had heard news that allied forces had landed and that they had triumphed and that they were moving steadfastly inland. And it could be just days before they were to be rescued as liberation was happening. And I tell you this story to reveal to you the power of news. Absolutely nothing had changed um, for them, circumstantially, only news. That news awakened something inside of them. It awakened hope. Good news awakens hope. And that idea, that concept, reminds me of a story uh, in Acts chapter 16. Paul and Silas are imprisoned in Acts chapter 16 because of their faith. Acts um, Acts 16.25 says, About midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God. And the prisoners were listening to them. And I find um, the story, really that verse, which greatly encapsulates um, the story in Acts 16, um, very, very intriguing. Because I think of Paul. And I know from Paul's letters that he was a very famous Jew. He was a very well-respected Jew of his day. Maybe the most important Jew of his day. And here he is um, in Acts chapter 16 in prison. It was absolutely not on his radar um, before becoming a Christian. So what happened? Circumstantially, it seems that his life had really only declined. So why was he singing here in Acts chapter 16? I would argue that good news had awakened hope inside of Paul's life and that went beyond his current circumstances. And I think the idea that good news awakens hope is no exception in Mary's life either. So we turn with me to our main text tonight. I don't know if you've watched your Bibles, but you can cheat and look at the projectors um, to Luke 146. That's our main text. I need to give you just a bit of background information before I read that. Mary, in this text, has already um, spoken to the angel Gabriel. Gabriel told her, obviously, that she is um, to be pregnant with Jesus. And in this passage, uh, Mary goes and speaks to Elizabeth. And Elizabeth is also 
um, pregnant. She's pregnant with John the Baptist. So these two women are conversing and talking. Um, in Luke 145, Elizabeth um, pronounces a blessing upon Mary. And Luke 146 through 55 then is Mary's response to that blessing. It's ultimately Mary's response to the good news. So I'll read it for us right here. Luke 146 through 55 is Mary's response. And Mary said, My soul magnifies the Lord, and my spirit rejoices in God my Savior. For he has looked on the humble estate of his servant. For behold, from now on all generations will call me blessed. For he who is mighty has done great things for me, and holy is his name. And his mercy is for those who fear him from generation to generation. He has shown strength with his arm. He has scattered the prouds and the the thoughts of their hearts. He has brought down the mighty from their thrones and exalted those of humble estate. He has filled the hungry with good things, and the rich he has sent away empty. He has helped his servant Israel in remembrance of his mercy, as he spoke to our fathers, to Abraham, and to his offspring forever. So after a joyous interaction with Elizabeth, Mary could not help but sing praise to God because of the good news spoken to her by the angel Gabriel. Now, before I move on, before I conclude, I want us to all be sure and be on the same page regarding what exactly the good news is for us here tonight. Obviously, the good news was a little different for the American soldiers in Nazi Germany than it is for us tonight than it was for Mary. I need you to know that this term, good news, um, is not something that I just made up um, and is also not something that I just whimsically placed into the Christmas text. Um, I get the idea from the angel Gabriel. He uses the term good news twice. Um, First, when he appears to Elizabeth, um, he uses the term good news. And then secondly, he uses the term good news when he appears to the shepherds um, just after Jesus' birth. In Luke 2.10, Gabriel says, Behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. So the term is used regularly in the Christmas story regarding um, the good news, obviously, that Jesus is born. Um, and that's, that's why we're here tonight. We celebrate um, here on Christmas, Christmas Eve, the birth of Jesus. And, and we know what Jesus' life, um, his whole life, offers us. It offers us a lot of things, but namely it offers us salvation. So tonight we're here celebrating the beginning of that process. Ultimately, we celebrate Jesus um, and his salvation work in our life. And that good news, that's the general good news of Jesus, should awaken hope inside of us. And there's been one dominant, consistent, common response to good news thus far in every illustration and in every biblical example that I've given. And it's been that of song. The American prisoners were singing at the idea of future liberation. Paul and Silas were singing um, after being entrusted with the good news. Mary sang in her famous Magnificat in response to the news that Gabriel brought to her. And I haven't quite mentioned it yet, but in Luke 2, we find angels singing in heaven um, right after Jesus' birth. They're saying in heaven, glory to God in the highest and on earth, peace among those with whom he is well pleased. Good news awakens hope. And that hope is very commonly manifested through song. And tonight, we have great hope, don't we? And the good news of Jesus' birth, what we're celebrating, it's, it's really the great news of salvation. 
And, and I think as we all have this good news in common, that's why we're all here, um, according to the text, a natural response is for us to sing. I have one qualification here before I conclude. Um, as you probably know better than I do, um, life circumstances don't always make us want to sing. Um, it seems that around Christmas time, you either find yourself in one of two boats. You find yourself in the Christmas spirit, um, just a season of great joy and satisfaction, or you find yourself just trying to want to get through the holidays where things are just hard and painful in the moment. And I think Luke offers us two examples in the Christmas story that we can, um, both of these boats, these extremes, can relate with. And the unifying theme of song connects them. Firstly, there are those who are fully satisfied with life. I would um, assume that most every child and kid here um, tonight is in this boat. Their only need is for me to get off the stage <laughs> um, so you guys can go home and celebrate Christmas. Um, but, but seriously, maybe um, God has just blessed you with a season of satisfaction, a season of joy, a season of little or no pain or hardship or suffering. And I think those in this boat of joyousness can relate very well to the angels in heaven in Luke 2, just after Jesus' birth. Things are um, circumstantially, obviously, going well for them in heaven, and so it is with you. However, I know that maybe the bigger group of people are, unfortunately, not in the best of places tonight. Um, we live in a sinful world, um, and maybe you're just going through a hard time where the season just really seems to accentuate the pain and the hardship that you're going through. Maybe it's uh, a broken or a dysfunctional family. Maybe it's um, your, your job or your lack of job. Maybe it's um, a recent death in the family and now there's an empty chair at the Christmas dinner table. I don't know, but I believe those in this boat of, of pain can relate very well with Mary. Now, Mary lived in an honor-shame society, so when she was found out to be pregnant and not married, she would be really considered the scum of the society. She would practically be on the same level as a prostitute um, at that point. So everyone would look down upon her. Really, it was just a social disaster for her to be pregnant without being married. And I think Mary could identify with the American soldiers and Paul and Silas, who were also imprisoned. Circumstantially, things were not going well for her. But Mary um, exemplified a greater hope that made no sense to the world as it wasn't found in her circumstances. She sang praise to God in her famous Magnificat in Luke 1. Even though the moment wouldn't seemingly call for song, she sang. So the angels in heaven, in heavenly circumstances, sing. And Mary here on earth, in disastrous circumstances, sing. They're both singing in hope of the good news all have that in common, a hope and good news that transcends life circumstances and is manifested through song, as commonly happens. Singing really is a constant in the Christmas message, according to Luke. So my question tonight and your application is, who do you identify with tonight? Do you identify with the heavenly angels or do you identify with Mary? And forgive me, but... Just thinking contextually tonight about Jesus and his birth, Christmas, all that represents. doesn't really matter who you identify with. For both the downcast and the uplifted, trust in the good news 
which produces hope, which manifests itself through song. So I believe tonight, as a family, we all, no matter where we are, can sing because the good news has awakened hope inside of us that Jesus Christ, the one and only Son of God, was born on that night in Bethlehem just over 2,000 years ago. The beginning of our good news, the beginning of the good news of salvation. And I think that calls for song. So let's sing together tonight.